Welcome to the Gut Goddess Show, a podcast for women who are fed up of being tired, bloated, and riding the hormonal roller coaster. This is for you if you're ready to create a better belly and gut health, balance your hormones, and create a more peaceful, happier mind. I'm Kezia Hall, your host, holistic nutritionist, coach, mom to young kids, trauma thriver, science and holistic geek, and this show explores my three-part methodology, the three F's for feeling good, food, feelings, and function. So if you're ready to create pain-free periods or ditch the toilet, food, and IBS drama and just create a normal, joyful relationship with your body and with the food that you eat without overwhelm, restriction, or crazy health obsession, this is the podcast for you and I am so glad that you are here. Let's get started with today's episode. So what's the deal with this whole nervous system regulation chat? It's become very popular I feel like there's tons of reels about it on Instagram and I talk about it, other people talk about it and I'm so glad about that. So today I'm going to share with you why this is crucial for your belly, your hormones and your mood. Why for a lot of you actually this is maybe a missing piece more than like making dietary changes and going gluten free. Actually understanding your nervous system and being equipped with the right tools in order to regulate and balance it will really help all the other healthy things you do to just work much better. So this is a really key foundation and I want to share with you A, why it's important and three of the simple ways, really important tools that you can do to help regulate your nervous system this week so you can feel better, improve your belly, improve your hormones and feel happier. Does that sound good? I think it does. Um, this is this episode is taken from my shift challenge that I ran um, the other week. So um, if you were in that challenge, this is a recap for you. But it was, if I say so myself, it was there was loads of really good workshops. So I'm going to share with you some of what we did in the shift challenge because I know a lot of this stuff is really going to hit home for you. Um, so I hope you enjoy. Um, and I will say, nervous system regulation is definitely something that took me. I didn't get this for a really long time and it really held me back. It completely slowed down my progress. I was so obsessed for a long time about eating right that I didn't even really think about supporting my nervous system or my brain or my neurotransmitters that all my healthy eating actually was not helping. All the effort going into that meant it wasn't really working. Whereas now I probably eat way way, I don't even want to say unhealthy, just, I just have less restrictions on what I eat now than what I did 10 years ago or something. Yet I'm healthiest I've ever been, I would say, because I'm maybe not eating as quote unquote perfectly, but I eat pretty well and I practice these nervous system regulation tools. And I've done so much work in creating more balance within my nervous system, which then allows and facilitates and accelerates the hormone balance, the body composition balance, the neurotransmitters, these kinds of things are all linked. So this is something that we, a lot of you, especially if you've got a bit of a monkey mind, if you're quite go, 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 go all the time, you might resist this, but it's potentially the thing that is holding you back. It's potentially the thing that is getting in the way of you from feeling that radiant, confident, incredible version of yourself. So we're going to dive in. It's going to be a good one, I promise. But I hope that you are doing well. I want a couple of life updates. I've just literally gotten back from Wales. 
I've never been to Wales. Well, I have as a child, but never as an adult. So we did a long weekend in Wales, which actually started off long drive with kids. If you're new to the podcast, hi, I'm so glad you're here. I have twin toddlers that turn three this week. For all you long time listeners, you probably remember when I was pregnant with the girls or when they were just born, they're about to turn three. Yeah, my twin girls about to turn three. I also have a five-year-old. So I basically had three children in two years. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it necessarily as a strategy, but you know, it's just life. Life happens. I didn't plan on having twins, but just a very enthusiastic ovulator. Just this is, I, I do wonder if you can create two healthy hormones. <laughs> Maybe I just kind of went swung the other way. Anyway, total sidetrack. But the girls, I have twins and they're two and three. So anyway, we, it was the longest drive we've ever done to meet some family in Wales and uh, started off pretty badly. We got locked out of the house. A couple of things that didn't work great. Um, I think there'd been some water damage over since it was last used. So it was really moldy. So that sets off one of my girl's coughs and sets off the other girl's skin and mold is mold is a real toxin to the body and can be, it's really not great for your health. So, you know, my little brain goes anxious and all. So anyway, it was a mixed bag, but generally it was actually really lovely to see some family and that was really fun. And the location was beautiful. Wales is like, it's like Scotland. I was like, this is beautiful. Really lovely by the coast. Totally go do it again and swim again, but just keeping it real. I know sometimes when you share images on Instagram, it's like, oh my goodness, it looks lovely. A whole family's gone. You know, the reality of traveling with five kids and being locked out of a house and the impact that has on one's mental health is is real. I'm not gonna, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna put a filter on that. Hard. I find I find find parenting hard. That's that's this is not a parenting podcast for that reason. I haven't got that nailed. Not gonna lie, still still fumbling my way through parenting toddler twins and all the screams and it's just a lot of screaming right now. Anyway, I digress, but they turned three this weekend, which I'm so excited about and I'm so proud of myself for. So we're gonna have a big unicorn, Paw Patrol and Bluey party. <laughs> Don't ask, but it's how, that's the, that's the joint theme um, with various cakes and decorations anyway I'm really on a sidetrack now <laughs> you don't need to know all the ins and outs of the party but they are turning three which is pretty wild so I'm excited about that also I announced bloom last week so I have been behind the scenes just tweaking and changing things in my one-to-one -one program um because the thing I'm bothered about is I want people to feel better I care so much about you feeling better because I know that when you feel better Everything in your life changes, but your families change, your homes change, your finances change, your jobs change, your parenting change. Honestly, I do believe it's a really micro way that we create massive change is if we can all become our most radiant, healthy, confident, energized versions of ourselves and we can step up and we actually are well as women, the impact we can have in our life is immense. If we spend our lives tolerating and struggling symptoms that we've been told we should just deal with and not ever fully, fully living loud or living our full expression, whatever that means. And I don't mean that means you have to become like prime minister that, that can, that, what that looks like for you is different for all of us. But we really, I just believe it's so important that you become well. And I've really 
And it's what the world needs. Your family needs it. Your career needs it. Your job needs it. Your kids need it. Your environment needs it. Your community needs it. Your job. Anyway, so I'm always looking to see what works. And so I've just updated Bloom. I've made it slightly longer. It includes an in-person retreat. It's really incredible. You can find out all about it at keziohall.com forward slash Bloom. Um, I'm taking on new clients just now. And I, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I'd love to speak with you. When you book a call, no pressure. It doesn't commit you to anything. It's just to find out if it's the right fit. Um, not really if it's the right fit, but it's to help you decide, honestly, because I know this can work for you. And I'll be really clear if after the conversation, I don't think it can, I'll be really clear. So, you know, sometimes I do have clarity calls with people and actually I say, you know what, you need to get this, this and this checked out by the doctor first and then it would make more sense to start. Or, you know, if someone really wants to work with me, but they are can't afford to pay their rent and can't afford food for example then you know I'm not going to tell someone to get into debt to work with me I'm going to be like no wait save up create more financial stability and then let's go because it's six months of really high-end support it's a retreat this is a really incredible life-changing program um, and I would love to work with you so keziohall.com forward slash bloom I'd love, I'm taking on new clients just now. So we've got about three spaces for new clients. One of them could be you. We can start in February, we can start in March. Book your call. Let's chat it through. 2024 is the year that you get to bloom. Okay, right. Let's dive into this workshop from the Shift Challenge about how to regulate your nervous system. nervous system regulation has definitely become more of a thing and more fashionable on the internet at least and more people are talking about it which I think is great and it's basically if we think about our nervous system it's what it's the the system that sends messages and signals electrical signals from our brain and to our glands and to all parts of our body, not just our glands, but everywhere to get it to do stuff. So your brain will send a signal to your ovaries. It will send a signal to your adrenals. It will send a signal to your stomach. It will it's sending signals all the time, like constantly, constantly. What we're talking about today is the part of the nervous system that isn't automatic, the non um the, you know, the, the part of your nervous system, because, you know, I do this and this is like automatic that I'm just moving around. There is a part of our nervous system that we do have regulation. And that's what gets talked about a lot in fight and flight mode or um, rest and digest, sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous state. And that aspect of our nervous system, the nervous system is actually a really big and complex system in the body that we're not going to dive into fully. And I don't pretend to fully understand every nuance of the nervous system. no. But I do understand this aspect really well in terms of um, how do we regulate our nervous system so that we get our belly and our hormones and our mood and our skin doing what we want them to do. Because if your nervous system is consistently dysregulated, that's when you get a lot of belly fat. That's when your neurotransmitters are affected and your mood will decrease. That's when your hormones will become out of balance. That's when your digestion will get poorer and you'll probably get... Um, pathogenic or um, fungal or bacterial overgrowth in your gut because you're not digesting properly. That's when so many, the knock-on effect, if you think about the dominoes, because I'm, as in, with my client work, I'm always looking, trying to get as far back, as far back. What is the first domino that created this big cascade? Because 
This is where my strategic brain, brain really serves me well. I am very interested in doing less, in focusing on the most strategic and efficient ways of doing things, not trying to do a million things, trying to do a million healthy things. I'm, especially now with small young kids, I work for my own business in clinic. I work for a charity that I'm really passionate about. Like there's a lot of things going on. So I need to know what is the key domino that actually creates this massive cascade or the key dominoes. And one of those actually is nervous system. It's not the only one, but it's the one that we're talking about today. So why does it matter? Because when your nervous system, if we think, I always talk to clients about a nervous system being like a pendulum, like an old clock. The goal of your nervous system is that it you swing, that you swing from stress, fight and flight. I also call this mode um, productivity because you might not actually feel stressed, but you're just getting stuff done. You're like, boom, boom, go, 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 go. And even in the evening, you're like sitting, chilling, watching Netflix, but you're actually still got like lists in your mind and you're sending emails and you're buying birthday presents and you're writing lists about meal planning and you're like... You think you're relaxing, but your brain is being really productive, going, list writing, thinking, planning, blah, blah, blah. That would also be a parasympathetic nervous state. It's quite a, it's stress is often a high energy thinking state. You also get a trauma response as well, which we're not going to dive into here, but that also comes up a lot with clients. That's a slightly different response. A trauma response tends to be more of a, it's not as high energy. It's a very, oh, slow, um, it's not as productive, should we say. That's when you might like get a panic attack or that's when you might go into depression or your brain might just whatever. And I'm not gonna dive into this, the nuances of um, a trauma response, although know that it's something I work on with my clients all the time because I've worked on it in my own life a lot and still do. Um, so we have this uh, sympathetic nervous state. So that's stress, that's go, go, go. That's so high energy. Even, even you can be tired, but you're, it's like, Think about it more like your brain, monkey mind, go, go, going. And then you have a parasympathetic nervous state. This is when you're sleeping. If you're sleeping, having good quality sleep, you're in a parasympathetic nervous state. Your body's like, when you're having a massage, when you're like laughing at something that you find hilarious, when you are just having a really, you're just reading a book and you've been reading a book that a chilled book, maybe not like a murder mystery, horror suspense book, because that would probably get you in your parasympathetic nervous state. But just when you what when you are calm after a big meal, when you're just having a hug, like I did my meditation, my one of my kids came in early this morning, and she sat on my lap. This doesn't this makes me sound like this happens all the time. This doesn't it was like a miracle. She sat on my lap while I meditated for 10 minutes. And I was that's like prime parasympathetic. Nervous, you know, I had that time with my daughter she was sitting there I was holding her little hands while I was meditating I was like you know that sort of sense of wonder appreciation peace presence parasympathetic nervous state I'm not thinking about lists I'm not thinking about the meal plan I'm not and again this that's a bit of a practice um or just when you're really really exhausted sometimes and you're about to go to bed and you're just totally chilled so the goal is that we swing between the two, right? It's not that being, getting stuff done is wrong, but the goal is that we move between the two and 90% of the time, the people that work with me, the women in this community that are stuck, struggling with their hormones, struggling with their belly, struggling with their mood, struggling with their skin, and have been for a really long time. The problem is not that they eat a horrific diet where they're just eating fish and chips every day and downing tons of 
Coca-Cola. The problem is actually that they're, they're, there's no swing in their pendulum anymore. They're just in a, par- in a sympathetic nervous state and they really struggle to switch off into a par- In fact, the only time they maybe switch off is when they go to sleep, if they can get themselves to sleep. And then maybe they wake up in the night between two and five because they're not really in those deep states of rest. And then because they're not in those deep states of rest, guess what happens? They wake up in the morning and they crave more caffeine and they crave more sugar and life is more stressful and they're more likely to stay in the sympathetic nervous state. And then they have more cortisol and they'll store more belly fat and they'll imbalance their hormones. They'll have less progesterone. They'll create more testosterone or estrogen. It can go on and on. So most of the time people are stuck, that I work with are stuck in the sympathetic nervous state. And one of what I do when working with them and why I work with people for such a prolonged period of time is to get this pendulum unstuck. And to begin with, you might just be like, it might be like wrestling, like wrestling a chocolate bar from a toddler where you're like, not that I've ever done that, obviously. (laughs) Where you wrestle and you're trying to just get this pendulum into a parasympathetic nervous state and then it stays there for like 10 seconds and then it bounces back. And then you're trying to get it back and then it bounces back. This is why people find meditation or different forms of meditation so difficult is because they're trying to get this pendulum to swim to swing and they're really struggling with that. And it's and why does it matter? First of all, because this is if you're looking to create a shift, why are we talking about this? Why is this a strategic and efficient thing to do? Why is this going to help you to see results fast? Well, your nervous system will really impact it impacts many things, but your, if we think about fixing your hormones or your IBS or thyroid or brain fog, we are essentially saying you want things to change. What that means in the body is that the body needs things to repair and to heal. Thankfully, the good news is the body actually has incredible, intricate technology, should we call it, for healing and fixing itself. If I cut my hand today, guess what's going to happen in a few days? that skin is going to knit it over and I'll get brand new skin. It will not be an issue out. In fact, even within a couple of minutes, my blood will have clotted. I won't keep bleeding out for days on end. Your body has incredible potential for healing and fixing itself. So the question is, how do we turn that on if you're struggling? Because if you've got a bunch of symptoms, there's fatigue, there's brain fog, there's sluggishness, there's anxiety, there's thyroid issues, there's bloating, there's constipation, there is um, weight gain, all of these kind of things that you don't really want, it's not really planned, doesn't feel aligned, then you've got to look at, okay, why is that happening? And it probably be, be it will be partly because you haven't turned on your own healing and repair. And that's a really important part to do. And how do you do that is your nervous system. A bit about what we talked about yesterday about helping the body to feel safe. The other thing that it plays a big role in is this fat storage. If you're consistently in a sympathetic nervous state, then your chances are your cortisol is going to be elevated, your adrenaline is going to be elevated. And really simply put, there's more nuances to us, but simply put, Um, cortisol is a fat storing hormone. It does lots of other things and is really useful, but if you have excess of it, meaning if you you live in chronic stress, your body will always be hunting to store more fat, especially around the middle, especially visceral fat, which is more problematic. 
And so this can affect, this This can happen whatever size. You can be a very slim person, but you can have problematic stored fat around your middle. That is a sign of inflammation and chronic stress. You can be a larger bodied person and actually maybe not store a lot of your fat around the middle. So I, um, I wouldn't, I keep an eye on how much belly fat I store. I naturally don't store a lot of belly fat, thankfully, because I, that would be a sign for me. Some of this is natural body composition, you know, pear shaped, hourglass shaped, these kind of things. But the more fat you store around the middle, the more um, risk, the higher the risk of various future disease. If we think about your hip to waist ratio is actually one of the most accurate weight itself. Like weighing yourself is not super accurate to a certain extent in terms of future health outcomes, but your hip to waist ratio is because you if you store a lot of fat around your middle, that um, is problematic for future disease and from a preventative perspective, but also means that you're probably in a chronic stress state, even if you don't think it, like you might not be thinking it, but so it affects body composition, also affects your hormones. If you think about cortisol as a hormone, and then you think about progesterone, you think about estrogen, you think about testosterone, all hormones basically get made from the same ingredients, the same pot in the body. So if your if your body is always drawing on cortisol and adrenaline, you can see how that's going to create an imbalance in your sex hormones potentially because there's there's one pot for all your hormones and if your brain is getting the message that you constantly need cortisol in order to survive and adrenaline, then you're not going to prioritize things like progesterone and as you age, late 30s, 40s, your progesterone is naturally going to dip anyway, your estrogen is going to dip and so if you add chronic stress into perimenopause into aging, Oh, it's like a, it's a recipe for feeling anxious, for not sleeping, for gaining weight, for having gut issues, skin issues, having no libido, or it's, that's why it's so foundational. If we think about the dominoes, that's why if you come back, if we can get this domino not to constantly be falling over, it can make a huge difference across the board. Twenty twenty four is your time to bloom. It's your time to be done with feeling dull, foggy, frumpy, fat, sore, uncomfortable, or just limited by your symptoms in your body. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, which I know some of you have, and I'm so glad that you're here, I want to invite you to come and bloom with me. I have transformed my one to one program, and now my signature one to one six month private program is called Bloom and I'm taking on new clients right now. This is for you if you are struggling to see results on your own and you're just ready, you just know that you want to become the most radiant, confident, happy person that you can be. You want to feel at home in your body. You want to feel at a healthy way. You want to feel just good without pain, being able to do things and no longer feeling limited by your symptoms, by your lack of confidence, by body image issues, by pain, by toilet issues, hormone drama. You just want to feel good. Bloom is my six month premium program for people that are ready, like totally ready to be done with all the health drama, but they know they need guidance, they need strategy, they need support, they need personalized data. That is what Bloom is for. It also now includes an in-person retreat if you wanna come to that, and I am currently taking on new clients. The way you get started is just to book your free clarity call. It doesn't commit you to anything. I would honestly love to chat to you. Even if you decide not to work with me, that's totally fine. Um, You head to keziahall.com forward slash book to book in your free clarity call, and I would love to speak with you. 
this isn't a will it work for you. It's really about if you're ready. I know this can work. A holistic, personalized nutrition and lifestyle approach can work for you. I've seen it time and time again. The question is, are you willing to decide to bloom? Are you going to allow yourself to become the most healed, radiant, confident and happiest version of yourself? And if that's you and I feel like the right person for you, keziahall.com forward slash book to book in your free call or you can go to keziahall.com forward slash bloom b-l-o-o-m to find out all the details and the payment plans also if you sign up soon there'll also be a special discount and dis- extended payment plan so i'd love to chat with you keziahall.com forward slash bloom and i'll speak to you soon um, also sleep quality as well. It plays a big role in sleep quality. If your nervous system is dysregulated, then that probably means your insulin is quite dysregulated, which probably means you don't get good quality sleep and you're probably waking up in the night or spending a long time to get to sleep or waking up after a night's sleep and feeling really unrefreshed. So those are just a couple of examples. So how do we, how do we, what are some of the tools? What, what, how do we help regular? Hi, Linda. Oh, don't worry about being late. It's so nice to have you here. Um, how do we regulate that? So I want to share, there's lots of things that we're going to do, but I want to share with you the kind of three main areas that are part of the, um, kind of shift framework that we talked about yesterday. We talked about sugar, sleep, stress, support, and strategy. So today we're going to look at, um, we're going to look at sugar. We're going to look at stress, although we kind of looked at that yesterday and we're going to look at sleep. So when it comes to regulating your nervous system, Meditation is a really helpful one. Mindful practices, doing, because again, you need to do something to train your brain to move from sympathetic state into a parasympathetic. It's because that's not going to happen on its own. It's not. It's like expecting a a toddler to potty train themselves. They're not going to do it. They don't care. You have to practice, give encouragement, give structure, do it consistently. You see, that is how we create those shifts. So in terms of meditation and mindfulness practice, it's really important that you think about it. Not, It's really not just about feeling relaxed, although there's nothing wrong with feeling relaxed. It's about balancing your hormones, supporting your gut health, increasing your sleep quality, improving your skin, improving your longevity, some really key parts. And you basically just want at least once a day, but several times a day to just take moments where you allow your nervous system to calm, to shift into a sympathetic, sorry, into a parasympathetic nervous state. And then of course it's gonna go back. So like after I've done this call, I'll probably take about 10 deep breaths because me delivering this is gonna have me in my sympathetic nervous state and that's fine. I'm not super stressed about it, but just the talking, the presenting, the productivity of it, So when I get off this call, I'll take some deep breaths. Just 10, I'll even just count them because it's easy to think I'm too busy to do it. Just taking deep, we could even do it now. Just gonna take 10 deep breaths. So that's one. If you can do it through your nose, breathing out through your nose really helps to signal the nervous system. Next one, try and make the out breath even longer. As long as you can, out through the nose if you can. If your nose is blocked, if you have sinus issues, it's fine to do it through the mouth. 
Doing again. Long breath out. Let's do two more. In through the nose. Out through the nose. For as long as it's comfortable. Last one. In through the nose. And you should feel even just a little, a subtle shift back. I feel it in my body. It feels less... Feel a little bit calmer and that is really important to do we talked about that yesterday so i'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it sugar what's sugar got to do with your nervous system well when you eat sugar or carbs especially refined carbs you take that into your system you create go it becomes glucose in the blood you create your body will create insulin to do something with that glucose having too much glucose in the blood for a prolonged period of time is dangerous and not helpful so you create insulin to help store, utilize, manage the glucose levels in your blood. And if so basically, really simply put, if you are eating too much sugar, too much refined carbs, or in some people, carbs in general, that aren't right for you, you can be really creating a lot of inflammation in your brain. Or said another way, really um, making your brain feel unsafe and panicked and scared and threatened because your blood glucose levels are going up and down and up and down all day long. It's a great way to destroy your sleep. It's a great way, obviously, to um, gain belly fat, but also in terms of your hormones. So sugar is a really important one to get to grips with for you personally. And this is something I work on with all my clients. Everyone is slightly different. Some clients... Um, need very low carbohydrate and no refined sugar. Some clients actually, we just need to get rid of the refined sugar, but they deal well with moderate carbs. Um, so that's something you've got to figure out or get work with me and, and we figure it out as part of the, um, all the other stuff we do together. But sugar is really important. It's really difficult to have good mental health and healthy hormones and a good gut microbiome if you eat a lot of sugar. It's just really difficult. Most Sugary foods, refined sugars are highly processed. So it's actually worth differentiating. So when I'm talking about sugar, I'm talking about refined sugars often found in ultra processed foods. I'm also talking about refined carbohydrates. So croissants, cakes, bread, processed bread, anything that's not really like homemade bread or like artisan bread bought from Fred at the, <laughs> who makes his own sourdough, you know, that kind of thing is um, can be a refined carbohydrate and can send that blood sugar up. Even if it's brown bread, even if it's a whole grain bread, often that's a bit of a myth. It's still refined carbs that they add fiber back into, which is better than white bread, but it's still really not ideal. And now the way that we eat, the amount of carbs that we eat is really, we've just never eaten so much sugar and so many carbs as like a human race. <laughs> Because carbs historically with less food processing would be things like fruits. And so that would depend on seasonality. It would be in things like honey. So that would depend on the, that, you know, that wouldn't, you don't have a consistent supply of honey. If you're a, a beekeeper, you keep it and store it. So maybe you would do. Anyway, I'm not a beekeeper, obviously. Although one day, one day I'd love to be. Um, and so sugar is a really important part. That's why I have here in the group that is a meal plan that is refined sugar. But just a lot of you already know this, right? And it's probably 
something you already know, the, the, the difficulty is consistently applying it when it comes to sugar. And you've got to be able to apply it in a way that's compassionate and kind. Also, sugar is alcohol as well. So alcohol 100% fits into this. Plus, alcohol is even worse because it's not only sugar, you also get, it's a massive toxin to the brain and to the liver. So alcohol is like the double whammy of like sugar and liver toxin, brain toxin, just all the all the toxins at once. So a great way to improve and create a shift in your life is to just ditch alcohol. If that's like the only thing you did for a month, if especially if you're somebody that drinks several times a week, even if you don't drink a lot, but you maybe have three or four drinks every week or a glass of wine each night, if you quit alcohol for a month, that's the only thing you did. I can imagine many aspects would improve very quickly because you're removing that type of poison essentially to the body which alcohol is that's why you get alcohol poisoning we just allow ourselves to have a little bit and I include myself in this like I drink alcohol (laughs) but I'm fully aware that I drink it with eyes wide open in terms of how it affects my body and this year I'm really focusing on drinking much less um you know like a handful one or two times a month not any regularity to it because often we drink alcohol right because we're so stressed because uh, we're anxious, because we're depressed. So again, you can see how we create this vicious cycle where we're just sleeping poorly, drinking alcohol, feeling stressed, eating sugar, needing caffeine, feeling low, feeling anxious, because you're never actually dealing with the problem, which is addressing and supporting your nervous system. You just get stuck in this vicious loop. Also, this is why people often need support. That's why it's going to be one of the frameworks we talk about, I think, on Thursday, you like it can feel you can feel lost in like this um this whirlpool if when you're in it and that's often why a lot of us need support to help someone to come and essentially pull you out of the whirlpool and get you organized which is what I essentially do with my clients because it can feel like a lot Um, and I will have space I'm taking on new clients in February and March but I'll share more about that um later on in the week so sugar is really important if you're struggling with sugar the first the First bit thing you want to do is remove refined sugars. Start there. If you're confused, if you're like, oh my gosh, because yeah, I drink alcohol and I have sugar and I have carbs and I have white bread, start just removing refined sugars. So the biscuits, the croissants, the dairy milk, anything that has glucose, sugar, dextrose, all of those things and focus on natural sugars. So fruit, honey, maple syrup, xylitol, stevia, focus on those things. Step one. If you already do that, which I'm sure many of you already do, you're kind of au fait with the whole sugar thing, then you've kind of got that down. Then the next thing you want to look at is making sure that you are not eating too much natural sugars. It's very easy to eat like six portions of fruit a day and one portion of vegetables or to eat like three of your wonderfully homemade brownies sweetened with maple syrup that are super tasty and whole food, which is so good. Like yay for you if that's if that's you, but it's still going to be creating that glucose in your blood you want to start looking at okay am I eating too many carbs and finding your carb tolerance and the easiest way to do this is just eating more protein most people don't eat enough protein so that's why one of the key things for this week is you maybe don't even need to focus on sugar that much focus on adding in more protein with every meal so where's your protein at breakfast where's your protein at lunch where's your protein at dinner and aiming for about 20 grams of protein per meal as a minimum, which if you're vegetarian, you really you really need to be way more intentional about this. If you eat meat or fish, this might be a fillet of salmon at dinner, this might be a three egg omelette at lunch, and then this might be adding two scoops of collagen protein into your porridge in the morning. 
that's probably how I would work that out. Although I'm currently February, one of my goals for February is to dramatically increase my protein intake as a bit of an experiment to see how that feels. Um, I'm going to be aiming for like 120 grams of protein a day, not 60 or something like that, which I'll let you know how I get on. So sugar, really important. Next thing is sleep. If we think about the dominoes analogy, one of those dominoes is nervous system regulation. If that stays dysregulated, the cascading effect, the domino effect in your body is huge. Sleep is the same. If your sleep is consistently poor in quantity and quality, you'll struggle to lose weight. You're more likely to uh, create and um, get various diseases. You, your hormones will be, your stress hormones will be all over the place. Your gut won't have as much time to heal and repair. Sleep is how you repair and heal. Sleep is where is like the most productive time of your healing and repair and detoxification. So if you're not sleeping in terms of quantity, so you're looking for a minimum of seven hours. So I wanna know in the comments below, do you get a minimum of seven hours sleep? Let me know. Let me know how many hours sleep you get in, in the comments below. And <clears throat> so it's about quantity of sleep and also quality. So if, you, if you're a light sleeper, that means you don't sleep well. That means you don't have poor, good quality sleep. If you wake up in the night, several times, a couple of times, you're probably not getting good quality sleep. You might sleep seven or eight hours, but you're not gonna be getting the depth of REM sleep and deep sleep. And it's in REM sleep and deep sleep that you really, really do, it's the most productive, most productive time is your REM sleep and deep sleep. So it's really important that you um, sleep. A couple of things, go to bed earlier. This is, this, and I, I don't know, my brain, I, I don't understand this at all. I've never had a problem with going to bed. And so I'm knowing what I know, knowing how strategic and powerful and impactful sleep is and all the things that it gives you, how productive it is. I, I sometimes do struggle with why people just don't go to bed earlier. If they're complaining about feeling awful, if you feel awful, you probably need to get more sleep. Now, this can be tricky because if your circadian rhythm and your nervous system is really dysregulated, you might like wake up at night and get a second wind. But chances are you push through the tiredness in order to get to that second wind. Meaning you're really tired at eight, half eight, but you don't go to bed then. You push through and then by half nine, you're like cleaning the kitchen and the bathroom or whatever it is, or doing work emails. It's really important that you sleep, treat, uh, treat sleep as like a medicine, as like a medication. That is one of the most potent, strategic and efficient things you can do. If you can improve your sleep quality and quantity, everything in terms of your health will improve. It is one of the, if you wanna do less and see more results, improve your sleep. Now, I've worked with a lot of clients that have come to me with insomnia, sleeping two hours a night. So I get that sometimes you actually have to do a lot of work in order to get to the place where you're sleeping, especially if you're postmenopausal. Postmenopausal or menopausal insomnia is really common. I've had a lot of clients with that. And so there is a lot of strategies. One of them being, Ditching sugar can really help your sleep quality. So all of these things, funnily enough, all link together because your body is one system. So when you do one thing that benefits one area, it's probably gonna benefit several other areas, which is why actually sort make creating the shift in your life can actually be easier than you think. Because once you know the right things to do, you don't actually have to do 20 things. You just maybe need to do three of the really strategic things that are gonna have a big ripple and cascading effect. Um, so sleep, really important. So I'd love to know in the comments, how much sleep do you get? And tell me, what's your struggle with sleep? Is it quantity of sleep? Is it waking up in the night? 
Is it, where is, I, with most of my clients come to me and they're sleeping like six, six and a half hours a night. So we really want to aim to get that to more like seven and a half, especially if you're tired, exhausted, struggling, and that can take a bit of support. Things like magnesium before bed, regulating your blood sugar, winding down properly before bed. I talk a lot on the podcast about blocking out blue light. Um, I sleep with an eye mask on. I also sleep with earplugs in a dark, dark room. I've shared so many times all of the kind of geeky sleep hacks. So, but those are kind of some of the three tools for regulating your nervous system so that, because when, I lost my trail of thought. The three tools basically that are going to help you create the shift that you want to create. Let's get the foundations right so that when you do take supplements maybe, or when you do um, start eating loads of really healthy food, you actually can really utilize and optimize that. If you're just adding in probiotics to a really dysregulated nervous system, it's kind of a bit of waste of money. Now, pro- I do use probiotics. They can be really useful if you add them into a system that is ready. Then they can get utilized. They can make those microbiome change and actually help to shift your nervous system and shift your mental health. But you've got to kind of... Um, and this is partly why a lot of people can get frustrated. They're like, because yeah, I'm eating sugar. Like, because you could eat, a, you could not eat sugar, right? Maybe you don't eat any refined sugar. But if you're stressed, chronically stressed, your cortisol is going to be raised, meaning you are going to be having blood sugar spikes because you're, because cortisol releases stored sugar in the body. So your blood glucose can be really up and down, even if you never touch sugar, if your nervous system is stuck in the sympathetic nervous state, because even though you're not eating dairy milk and Haribo, your body is stressed. And so it's constantly releasing stored sugars in these spikes, which I see with clients as well. When, when they give me their food diary, they're eating a really low sugar, healthy whole food diet. But when they look at the symptoms, we know their blood sugar or put a, a continuous blood glucose monitor on them, which I do with some clients because they can be really helpful. They are... Um, they're really struggling. Their blood sugar is going up and down, up and down, despite eating healthy. That is how important it is. And also why it can be so frustrating because (laughs) you might be like, oh, I eat really healthy and whatever. Um, So yes, so far on the call, yeah, it's about six hours, struggle to get to sleep. So if you struggle to get to sleep, it's probably to do with melatonin. So you need to block out your blue light and um, in terms of screen time before bed, Also think about a wind down routine. Also make sure you're not having like any caffeine or coffee or obviously not coffee, but chocolate or anything like that for bed. Also a really great, something that will really disrupt and reduce your sleep quality is eating before bed. So you really want to leave two to three hours of no food before bed to optimize your REM and deep sleep. I noticed I use an aura ring. It tracks my sleep very closely. So I get a really accurate score of my REM and deep sleep each day. And if I eat at like nine, I go to bed normally about half nine. So if I eat at like half eight and say I have dinner late, my sleep quality is really poor, really poor. So if you eat at like eight, half eight, nine o'clock at night, and then you go to bed at 10, you need to really try where possible to bring that meal time earlier because otherwise you're gonna consistently be having poor quality sleep. Poor quality sleep is gonna lead to a whole cascade of health issues. So if we think about the dominoes, we've got sleep, we've got nervous system regulation, and then sugar kind of just adds to the chaos of the domino mess, shall we say. So that can be a really helpful analogy, really helpful if you're ever feeling overwhelmed and not sure where to begin. 
Start here, start with meditation, start with improving your sleep quality, start with addressing your relationship with sugar. And reminder, the easiest way to address your relationship with sugar is just to focus on adding in more protein. Like not, I have to stop this, I have to, but if you're eating more protein, you'll find you won't be craving as much biscuits in the afternoon. Or if you're eating enough protein with all three meals a day, that nine o'clock like brownie hunt or ice cream hunt isn't gonna be there as much because you're actually nourishing yourself. On average, you want 0.8 to one gram of protein per kilogram. So that's at least 60. Some people put that per pound. There's different research on it, but for most people, that's at least 50, 60, 70, 80 grams of protein a day, which most people are not getting. So, because I know that you can feel better, I know that you can create the shift that you wanna create. It is possible for you. It's not just for some people. It's not just hopefully, it's not just one day. It can literally happen now. February 2024, by the end of February, you could be feeling completely different if you can focus on the right things instead of getting distracted with all these like shiny dieting fake promises. <laughs> if you apply this stuff, this can totally work. So I am here for you. Let me know if you need anything. Otherwise, Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you haven't left me a review yet, please go to iTunes, scroll down, look at ratings and review and give me a five-star review and leave a few comments. That really helps the podcast to reach more people. And if you want to know more about anything I mentioned in the podcast, you can go to the show notes at keziahall.com forward slash blog. And I would love to hear from you if you have any other questions. And please share this podcast with anyone that you know that you find helpful. Screen share it, put it on Instagram, Facebook, put it in your WhatsApp groups, screenshot it, share it with a friend. The more people that hear about this show, the merrier, because more and more women need to know how good they get to feel.